0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to A Year Ago Today. I'm your host, Tyla Fowler, and this is Tuesday with Tyla, May 1st. Right now, it's 8.51 (laughs) p.m. on Tuesday. Mm. (sighs) And you can hear, probably, (laughs) that I'm feeling some feelings about being here right now. I'll tell you what, it is challenging to get up here (laughs) week after week and not know what to say and what to talk about and kind of just letting myself be inspired. And today I really was needing some extra support, so I called in some support on Facebook and I I said, hang on, I'm just going to read it, you'll hear me clicking around probably. Oh, what did I say? I said, I'm going to be recording a Tuesday with Tyla episode this evening for a year ago today. I commit to talking about the response I've been receiving as I've stepped so powerfully into my voice and presence the last few weeks. Both the good and the bad. Those are both in quotations. The supportive and the unsupportive, also in quotations. The truth is, it's all supportive if you believe in oneness and interbeing and everything I'm experiencing is in service of the unfolding of my awareness, of my deeper and more abundant receiving. The truth is, we require to learn how to set boundaries to keep ourselves safe so that we can remember at all times who and what we are, beloved. Gods and goddesses open up to receiving. Any questions you'd like me to address this evening, Put them in the comments or send me a message proposed topics boundaries stepping into visibility using your voice reclaiming your power compassion and fear and self-doubt claiming the shadow and balancing yin and yang oh my gosh as I read those back I'm like oh this is so perfect <laughs> so that was the call for support that I put into the world today and I received support from Two women that I just adore, both of whom are named Rachel, (laughs) and both of whom I consider to be the most sacred of sisters. And the first Rachel says, I'd love to hear more about your experiences of receiving things that have been challenging or have not felt good immediately, and how you navigated the process of choosing what to do with that. And I'm celebrating all of this with you too, she added in the second comment. So thank you, Rachel. I love that question and it has inspired me so powerfully, (sighs) which is why I'm a little nervous to be here (laughs) sharing. Um, And then my other Rachel wrote, love you so much. Adore how you've stepped more powerfully in sharing your voice. I echo Rachel above. The places where feedback has initially been triggering were not felt as good. I started writing that about, I started writing about that myself last night. So. mm. Thank you, Rachel and Rachel, for your questions. I'm so deeply supported by your presence. And I have sat with that this afternoon and made some notes. And (laughs) I'm gonna move through them and pray that this makes sense. (laughs) So, if you wanna know any of the backstory of what's going on, what I'm talking about here, I'm not gonna go into explaining the context of the situation unnecessarily, um, because I have already spent some time doing that. And if you'd like More context around this, you can listen to any of the episodes that came out in the past couple of weeks and also visit my blog where there's kind of a rundown of some of what I've been experiencing at (laughs) Tylafowler.com. I feel as soon as I'm like saying that, I'm like, oh my God, are you sure you want to put that out there? You haven't really been utilizing that space. What if they come look and you're not using it and they never look again and you lose your opportunity? (laughs) Oh, okay. Now this is turning into what I really wanted it to be, which is for you guys to get to see what my internal process is like, which is why we're so blessed with those questions from Rachel and Rachel. (laughs) So, the first thing I wanna address is the use of the word triggered. So trigger is a word that I feel like has really emerged at least in my consciousness over the last few years. I know that there have often been trigger warnings on things, um, wherein if like an article was going to talk about sexual assault it would have a trigger warning so that victims uh, of sexual assault would know that there's sensitive material in there and that they need to be prepared to receive it. So that's the context in which I first began to understand the word trigger. Then I began to learn it in more of a personal growth context. Though it took me a while to get to a place where I felt I had a clear understanding. The place I landed was that, essentially, a trigger is when someone or something outside of you activates something inside of you that has powerful feeling associated with it. So that's why trigger warning, you know, if a sexual assault victim unknowingly starts reading something that has a graphic account, account of sexual assault, and they're not prepared, it could activate powerful feeling for them inside their body, and we would call that triggered. And I came to a place inside personal growth where I was able to hold the idea of being triggered without necessarily blaming the triggering object or agent. However, I do think there's something about the word triggering that implies a sort of violence. And so, more and more I have been transitioning away from present usage of the word triggering toward usage consistently more consistently (laughs) with the word activating essentially I think these two words mean the same thing I was triggered or I was activated however the connotation of those two words is so different so part of explaining the process I go through when I get triggered or activated is about understanding the way i hold triggers which is <laughs> i try to hold them as sacred activation instead of triggering so that the person or object in my field who has activated the response within me i understand is an agent of my evolution of my growth, that they have activated something in me for a reason and now it's my responsibility to choose how I use the energy of that activation, how I channel that energy through me, how I express it into the world to create the reality that I wanna be living in, essentially. I work a lot with conscious language and that is based in the belief that we literally speak our reality into existence, that conscious word choice is one of the most powerful things we can do in terms of shifting our consciousness. <laughs> so. I may use both words, triggered and activated. Sometimes it is helpful to employ a certain connotation, you know, like if I want to make a point about violence, I might use the word triggered as opposed to the word activated. However, I think in terms of how we use the word to coach ourselves through our life experiences, you know, like I used to go like, okay, I'm really triggered right now, what do I do? And now I hold that as like, wow, I'm really activated right now. How can I support this (laughs) in moving forward? You know, how can I support what's trying to clear? So that's why triggered and activated is the first note I have here. Um, So yeah, what I've just illustrated is the evolution of response, you know, in showing the evolution of my language, I'm illustrating the evolution of how I hold the thing I'm looking at. The evolution of how I respond to a certain kind of stimuli, if you will. So, most of us, I think, most humans on the planet right now I'm like, and maybe I shouldn't say most because I don't want to speak that into existence. Okay, hang on. <gasps> hmm. Now I'm all worried about conscious language. Okay, I'm gonna say <laughs> what I wanna say and maybe the language will become more conscious as I allow myself to go ahead. There are a lot of people right now living in a state of constant reactivity. You can see that with how I mean, you can see that. Look around. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's absolutely everywhere all the time. Um, at least that's my experience here in New York City. Though so I imagine if you're watching the news or listening to the news, you see it there. I... Oh, I Ugh. <laughs> this is claiming a shadow to say this because I have some shame coming up around it. I. I'm not hooked into the news cycle. I'm not hooked into the news cycle because you want to talk about activating. <laughs> I'm so activated simply by living in New York City all day, every day, and walking around and being a human <laughs> here where there are so many other humans living in so many different states of. Prosperity and scarcity. (sighs) Why am I telling you this? (laughs) Because the next stage of response is isolation. You know, so I was just thinking, I, I used to handle triggers by once I became aware of what they were and I was like, oh, a trigger is something that informs me about something inside me that is requiring, desiring, and deserving my attention. You know, there's something inside me that's that's saying ouch, essentially, (laughs) or that's waking up and it's an invitation to to be with what's there and to use what's there to then fuel your evolution and your growth. So, once I learned that, I was able to move out of a space of reactivity, which is where you just react without thinking. You know, somebody, <laughs> somebody pokes you, and you just reach out and slap their hand away without considering the context. That, I would say, is <laughs> probably reactivity. Um, though in many cases it might be warranted to have that reaction. But anyway, there's. I think reactivity is not a bad thing. However, there is a sort of programmed reactivity that we have, wherein because of the conditioning of our society, our brains are wired to receive certain stimuli in a certain way, and basically, we're running on autopilot in a, lot of, in a lot of senses, and we don't realize we're doing it. So, there are a lot of people who are not just living in reactivity, they're living in programmed reactivity, And once you realize that you are one of those people (laughs) and start waking up, it's great. I don't know where I was going with that. It's a great process. Anyway, so I learned how to use triggers and once I did that, my first response when I was triggered or activated would be to isolate myself. It would be to say, okay, <laughs> I'm really triggered right now. I need to remove myself from the situation, figure out what is going on for me, you know, <laughs> then come back and re engage. And the interesting thing about this is, <laughs> as I'm speaking it now, I'm realizing that this is like the equivalent of agreeing to take on all of the emotional labor inside of a situation by yourself in some instances. (sighs) Which is what I've been learning recently, that you can trust people to engage in this work with you. However, for a long time I was in this phase where I would go into this state of total isolation when I was um, triggered. (laughs) at least you know I didn't necessarily always have to leave the room but I would get real quiet and start going okay (laughs) this is what's being reflected to me what am I feeling right now what are the stories I'm telling myself about this that's the most important question usually is to say what are the stories I'm telling about why I feel this way are those stories making me feel better or worse (laughs) And then only once I had located myself fully would I trust myself to respond. So that's what I've written down here is kind of the isolation phase where you kind of have to remove yourself, locate yourself fully before you'll trust yourself to re-engage. Because it's big energy to re-engage with something that has activated you, you know? (laughs) Um, It's essentially like receiving an electric shock from something and then coming back, (laughs) coming back for more, you know? And when we think about um, being attached to source energy and the fact that, you know, everything is, everything is electrical impulse, everything is, you know, atoms and energy and, you know, so (laughs) it's it's like sticking your finger in a light socket a little bit to, be activated or triggered and <laughs> sometimes engaging with the activating or triggering agent is like knowingly coming back for more of that energy so you have to be in a place inside yourself where you feel really in integrity with your understanding of the situation <laughs> let's see here so I think that for me I really transitioned out of that isolation phase into something that I just called sacred humanity which is I have gotten to a point where I don't have to isolate myself so fully in order to locate myself I'm letting myself play with other humans more, which brings us back to the to the question that Rachel and Rachel asked around like, how do you react when you receive feedback that is triggering or it doesn't feel good at first? So I have a little bit of recent experience to draw from. And I wanna thank you ladies again for asking the question. Because you created the space for me to really feel into this and make some notes that I think are gonna be really helpful for me and hopefully for everybody listening. So these are like Tyla's steps for hang on, let me take a little sip of rose. Hmm. That's good. <laughs> okay so these are my steps for how I am currently choosing to move through highly activated energy and I want to be clear that my response to this kind of stuff evolves all the time so (laughs) if there's something in here that doesn't resonate for you or that does either way I would love to hear your feedback because hearing from you guys is gonna support me in further refining my own understanding. It's kind of like a process of echolocation. Like I send out my, my like beacon, my signal, and then when people send a signal back to me, it supports me in getting clearer so that my next transmission outward is even stronger. So if you have any feedback around what I'm about to share, please know that I am really, really strengthened by receiving your feedback with respect and kindness. (laughs) So, I take care of myself first, is the first thing I wrote. Create enough space to feel safe, call in the support that I need, allow time, and respond when I feel fully in integrity with truth, respect, and love. Okay let's go through that a little slower the first thing I do is create the space I need to feel safe so that might mean if someone has activated me I leave the room for a minute I go for a walk I go to the bathroom you know a lot of us when we are activated we give away our power if we act like we don't have the power to create the space we need to feel safe. So that's the first thing I do, is I, (laughs) you know, if it's on the phone, I put the phone down and walk away, or I read the thing two or three times and put it away and come back and read it again and create space that way, you know, create space in my understanding by getting a deeper and deeper um, sense of what's been said Then I call in support. So it's interesting because you would think that my first thing around that would be I call in my coaches. (laughs) However, I'm not working with any coaches right now. And in the past when I was working with coaches, I didn't feel, I didn't necessarily feel fully empowered to ask for in the moment support. And I don't think that was for lack of trying necessarily with at least one of the women that I've worked with. So when I say call in support, I have a few people I call in for support. (laughs) I call on my mom, and I call on Matt. And I have a, a few close friends that I call on with increasing, <laughs> with increasing trust that I'll be received, you know? It's um, knowing who's gonna support you and knowing who you feel safe being supported by is another thing that you can really do to step into your power. Um, my friend Francie, who is one of the people who I go to for support and who I interviewed in episode 204, Um, in the book Go Milk Yourself which I which I wrote with her she talks a lot about gathering your team and knowing that you get to decide who's on it so I identify who's on my team and I call them in for support (laughs) then I allow time I try to allow the feelings In my body to settle before I respond to any feedback that's activating when I was in a previous stage of this response you know like I said I would go into isolation and I would I would allow the feelings to settle almost completely before I trusted myself to engage now I let myself just come back to a place of where I feel grounded you know and then As long as I feel grounded in who I am and the intention behind how I'm communicating, I trust myself to re-engage. So this could mean re-engaging in a conversation if you're having a back and forth with someone (laughs) on Facebook, for instance. Um, Or it could mean, you know, when you decide to come back from the walk, or when you decide to reach back out to the person who sent you an email, whenever you decide to re-engage, whatever it means to re-engage, to do it when you feel fully in integrity with truth, respect, and love. So in integrity with who you are, and in integrity with the truth that this interaction is a learning experience for everyone involved, and that everyone is doing their best. <laughs> and That we're all human and respecting that fact and loving that fact you know being willing to engage in the depths of our humanity which is how we interact with one another okay so when I'm ready to re-engage I speak my momentary truth I say what I have to say if I have a desire I speak that clearly if I have a boundary in that moment I speak that clearly you know I'm, I'm clear in my communication about who I am and where I am and if I've identified it what I need and I release attachment to what comes back <laughs> now sometimes nothing will come back sometimes you'll Re-engage and then it's like the like that completes the exchange, but sometimes it's not over In that case if I receive immediate feedback, I allow myself permission to freely respond so I've really committed to Once I've gone through that initial round of locating myself inside and activating energy once I've come back to re-engage I allow myself to stay and to respond because I know I'm already grounded in my truth around the situation. And that's a really challenging space to stay in because for most of us we've been taught not to trust ourselves when we're activated. We've been taught not to trust strong feelings. We've been taught to shut them down and not to speak them. and so to stay engaged with someone while you're experiencing strong activating emotion is really something that's learned you know it's a skill that can be developed over time um, and it can be developed more quickly if you have if you have good support that supports you in identifying (laughs) what you need to do Uh that was a really good sales pitch for my coaching (sighs) which I do offer by the way okay so in that challenging space of receiving feedback and responding immediately I've learned how important it is to trust my instincts and to stand tall and firm in what I'm saying so Usually, the energy playing out is not It's not about the words being said. It's more about the energetic frequencies that are anchoring those words, which is why when I get into that space, it's like trust yourself, trust your instincts, stand tall and firm. You know how to engage in this kind of interaction. Raise your voice if you need to. Especially if you're talking to someone who exercises power over you and who is used to not hearing you, not listening to you. Um, and don't be afraid, don't be afraid to set a boundary and don't be afraid to don't be afraid to turn around and walk away if at any point you feel unsafe <laughs> As I'm unpacking all this, I realize Rachel and Rachel that, I'm not totally sure if I'm gonna be speaking to what you intended here. And I trust that this is a perfect expression for someone out there. And as I'm, as I'm expressing that, that self-conscious thought around maybe this not being what people need I also understand I understand that this expression is perfect. <laughs> oh, what I understand is that where that was just coming from, the story I was just telling about being afraid that I'm not serving people the way I'm meant to, um, what's really at the root of that is me assuming that people want to know about my internal process instead of me trusting that what people actually need to hear is about how I'm now externaling that internal process out into externalizing, did I say that right? Externalizing my internal process out into the world, which is what I've really been sharing here. So, oh, thanks for bearing with me, guys. <laughs> this is a real ride for me every week. Okay, so trust your instincts, stand tall and firm, raise your voice if you need to, especially if you're talking to someone who exercises power over you, regardless of if they're doing it consciously or if they're doing it unconsciously as a result of their programming and conditioning. So this is the thing. We have to be present to the fact that when we are engaging with someone who is in programmed reactivity and who has not done the work of waking up to the deeply, <laughs> deeply subconscious roots of some of our reactivity and, and how we might be powerfully served by examining it and freeing ourselves from bondage, (laughs) that's the work. (sighs) Taking off the shackles and supporting other people and taking off their shackles. Mm. And as I say that, I'm terrified that someone is gonna hear that and that I have been racially insensitive in some way. And I wanna be clear that I am trying to express (sighs) that. I have a lot to learn as a white woman, and I would like to be able to share what I have to share, and contribute what I have to contribute as an ally. Oof! There has been a lot going on on Facebook the last few days, you guys. I don't know. I don't know how hooked into Facebook you guys are, or if you follow the same people I follow. There's been so much discussion about about race. And I think it's so important, and it's been highly activating for so many people, and it's such perfect timing to be having this conversation. Mm. Okay, so after the engagement, the activating engagement ends, which either ends, I feel like, with a greater sense of mutual respect and understanding, or Another option is it ends when someone walks away from the exchange because they are not being respected or you know there are a lot of different ways that could play out. So regardless after the engagement ends, I create space for integration and I let the stories come up about how I might have been wrong <laughs> inside that exchange. You know, I let myself feel the fear and self-doubt that's present around how I've handled myself. Like Did I cross a line? Should I have been more reserved? Do I owe that person an apology? Um, Or do I feel integrity with what I said? And I start to notice stories that are coming up repeatedly, especially the stories that pit me and the other person against one another. (laughs) And do a lot of inquiry around like, how is this supporting me? How is this a reflection of the truth? How can I take all the truth I've received from this exchange the truth I've received inside my own body as a result of this exchange with this person and you know ground that and integrate that and release as much of the other stuff the stories as I can that I don't need you know so if I find myself telling the story over and over and over again that paints me as a victim, I allow myself to really, really be in that and sit with that and look at that and see where those feelings of victimization come from and allow that to integrate, you know? Then I wrote here at the end, do you still feel an integrity with your expression? So that integration process of the fear and self-doubt that come up when we're learning to speak our truth and use our voice and stand in our power, the fear and integration time, or the fear and integration time, maybe that's what it's supposed to be called. (laughs) The integration time for me, Sometimes it's really short and sometimes can be quite lengthy in terms of locating the best way for moving forward. So I have written here, do you still feel an integrity with your expression? Do I owe an apology? And then regrounding into trust yourself and trust your expression. So, I've had a little back and forth on Facebook recently where I expressed to someone not feeling safe and they did not receive that expression and continued to engage in a way that provoked a response from me. <laughs> and I crafted a like a public post about this exchange and again this is all on my blog if you want further context. And after doing that you know I really went through a lot of oh my god should I have handled that better should I have been more prudent in my response however in that integration time I really came back to that trust yourself place and I went back to my intention during the moment of communication and realized that I was powerfully in integrity inside that communication and that I handled myself the way I did out of an instinct to protect myself and so when this question comes up around do I owe this person an apology I have come after a long week of integration to a place where I don't necessarily feel the need to apologize for my instinct to protect myself, especially when I've protected myself in a way that hasn't harmed anybody around me. You know, <clears throat> boy, can you, I'm like, my voice being all crackly right now and all this I feel like my throat chakra is just like, what are you doing? You're sharing so much. Mm. so once you've regrounded grounded into trust yourself and deepened into the truth that you can trust yourself inside activating energy then you decide how to move forward you know you decide how to internalize the feedback that you've received Um, I tend to believe that when you receive feedback there is something in there that is very 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 true regardless of how challenging it can be to open yourself up to receiving it simply because of the way it came in so once I've really gone through this whole process and grounded into trusting myself I go back to the exchange And I'm like, okay, well, what else is there here for me to receive? Like, what really can I learn from this? Because this person, regardless of how they delivered the energy, has handed me a gift. And if I allow them to be my teacher and honor them as my teacher, I'm gonna benefit, you know? And then I'll be genuinely grateful toward this person who's activated this energy for me and regardless of how they feel about me I'll be able to hold my own around them you know and love them at the same time because I demonstrated to myself that I know how to do the dance of like navigating engaging presently in highly charged energy with someone while also not being afraid to stand up for myself and set the boundaries that I need and claim ownership of the space that is mine and once I feel safe inside my space I can open myself up to receiving more deeply the initial feedback that they offered. You know, so for me, these situations of like what may seem like unsupportive feedback are really some of the most powerful learning opportunities if I'm open to receiving them. And you know, to be perfectly honest, the more that I do that, and the more that I also receive powerful, positive, empowering, (laughs) affirmative, juicy, life-giving support from people who are resonating with me instead of people who are uh, activated in an uncomfortable way, the more I realize that I may want to call in less of that uncomfortable activating energy and more of that juicy Um, sexy supportive activating energy you know so as I'm allowing myself to engage in activating energies I'm beginning to discern more finely what and who it is I would like to be activated by and I'm directing redirecting my focus in the direction of those people because I get to choose Who's around me <laughs> as a human I think that we forget sometimes we have that right well I have that privilege I you know what boy boy rights privilege it's charged it's charged I'm not going to go any further down this road right now because I don't feel safe there yet <laughs> okay so those are my notes and it's been almost 45 minutes so it feels like I did that in a pretty good amount of time if anything really was powerfully of service to you it would really really support me to know that I think I've already expressed that. <laughs> and I wanted to express it again in case you forgot. You can email me at a year ago podcast at gmail.com. You can reach out to me on social media. I'm a year ago podcast on Facebook and Instagram. I'm also Tyla Fowler. And my personal website is at tylafowler.com. And that's where I write things. <laughs> Ah, speaking it into existence. Alright. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you later. Bye dudes.